Good morning and welcome back to Simply Conversing. This is Alex and today we have Kiana Scott with us. Kiana is a woman whose reputation as a jack of all trades precedes her. She's a uh, singer, um, she's a photographer, and also marketing authority in charge of coordinating social media efforts at uh, the company that she works with. Uh, she's also your go-to if you ever need a, uh, a voiceover. But above all, <laughs> Kiana has a pure heart and is a young woman with a very deep affection for living life intensely and for producing great quality work. Thank you for being with us today, Kiana. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, Kiana, today we will delve into the urge of doing, and we will kind of look at how it materializes differently across cultures and obviously based on an individual's personality. Um, obviously, we come from very different backgrounds. You're American, I'm uh, um, Italian. And something that I've noticed um, over time is that culturally, some people seem to be more inclined to getting involved in a lot of activities, which um, obviously exposes them to the risk of spreading too thin. Um, but others also channel their focus to the point that they run the risk of preventing them from jumping into new opportunities, obviously running down, um, narrowing down their horizons. Um, Kiana, do you think that you can kind of cluster people into two, these two groups? What's your thought? Yeah, I think especially in American culture, or maybe just where I grew up in Orange County, um, it was very important um, my whole life to be well-rounded, right? So that means, you know, for my particular family, doing really well in academics, um, you know, playing a sport, being excellent at that and working really hard at that. Um, for me, I'm musical, so playing the piano my whole life and singing always came naturally to me and I loved it. So just doing that. Um, and then also, you know, being really involved uh, in high school, like doing leadership, like ASB, as we call it, um, <laughs> associated student body. Um, and, you know, just being very involved in as many things as possible. And yeah. so that was kind of the culture growing up. Um, and it's, it is important, you know, to get into a good college. Um, quote unquote, <laughs> to be involved, to be a national merit scholar, to do, yeah. you know, the spelling bee, the, the math Olympics, the speech meet. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but I do think uh, for me, it was a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I think it exposed me to, you know, all these things that I did have a lot of in different interests um, and, and a lot of different passions too. And so I was able to pursue, you know, um, my creative outlet in photography. And that was something that wasn't involved, you know, with school at all. It yeah. was just something that I loved. Um, and with music, having that foundation, um, I think, and, and I might be kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think for me, uh, you know, growing up playing the piano, um, a lot of that for me was discipline if I look back on it, because mm -hmm. I did not like playing the piano. Yeah very much at all <laughs> um, until I was probably like 11. I would cry. I just wanted to play outside. Um, all my friends got to play, but I had to practice the piano. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really um, 
trickled down into every part of my life that that foundation of no you're committed to this um and you're going to stick with it and i was so mad at my parents but then i'm i'm so grateful that you know i was able to stick with it and at 12 11 or 12 i would play for hours cuz i loved it yeah. so i think um to answer your question is there you know an ideal middle ground i think yes um i think it depends on the person um but i also just have these different passions that i was able to kind of realize by being exposed to all these different things um at, at a young age so it, it seems like based on what you said that there obviously is some sort of pressure from the way society is set up to get involved with a lot of things and obviously in your case you did have some sort of passions that came from within which were enabled by the environment that you were surrounded by um that's i think something that distinguishes the us and you obviously mentioned so many things that you got involved with in high school which were related to high school itself extracurricular mm -hmm. activities associations that you could be part of student body i know there's a lot of involvement with model united nations so diplomacy so on and so forth um my experience even though i uh, did spend quite a lot of time in international schools which were more closely modeled around the American system. Um, growing up in Italy, I witnessed a completely different um, I guess school infrastructure where almost exclusively the efforts or this of the students were directed towards classwork and yes. not much went on outside of um, outside of school. And so that obviously forces individuals to make some sort of sacrifices those that were very committed to pursuing a career in sports oftentimes fell behind with school those who on the other hand were very committed to keeping their grades up and they knew they wanted to get into an incredible university unfortunately they had to cut their effort dedicated to soccer to basketball golf whatever sport they were practicing and so there's, uh, I think, situations where finding that middle ground, which is ideal, um, obviously much, much harder. How much mm -hmm. of your current hobbies, Kiana, um, I guess, stem from uh, that kind of open-mindedness and that involvement in all sorts of things uh, that you, you know, that you manifested throughout high school? Yeah, um, I think it's hard to say because, you know, singing always came very naturally to me and I was mm -hmm. able to, you know, sing professionally, like getting paid for it at a at a yes. pretty young age. And that was just, you know, that came to my doorstep um, mm -hmm. through, you know, a myriad of different knowing different people. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. But um, I it's not really something that you can necessarily teach, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. either you're good at it or you're not, you can maybe improve at yeah. base, base level, but like there's always, it's just one of those specific things in life where you either are or you aren't. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, there's a very large component of innate talent. 
yeah. which you can totally work yeah. on. But trust me, you don't want to hear me saying it. <laughs> no matter how much effort you put in to help them improve, it's not going to go I, well. Yeah, exactly. But I think of it as like, you know, uh, if you really wanted to get good at math or you really wanted mm-hmm. to get good at cooking, you could work really hard and, and you know, become great at it. And yeah. I think some, some people are hardwired to just, it comes naturally to them. So it's, I mean, it is similar, but I think yeah. um, exposure to different things, I think being exposed to piano did help with that. Although I, I remember, you know, singing at a very, very, very young age. Um, yeah. I don't think that it, you know, necessarily catapulted me into a career um, in music, but mm-hmm. I think being able to be exposed to these things, um, helps in in my instance your work ethic i think that mm-hmm. really shaped me as a person and it wasn't always fun and i was pretty stressed a lot of the time <laughs> but yeah. my life looks a lot different than maybe someone else that wasn't involved in you know all those things i think it prepared me a lot for college and what that looks like i think you know there are certain people that do well in high school um that aren't really prepared for what it looks like to be in college and the level of, you know, work that it takes, um, in whatever career path they decide, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. I think, um, I was able to kind of pursue even just in creative strategy and, you know, the agency side of things and working with, um, working at an advertising agency before my current job, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to really dig deep because of my um, exposure to photography Mm -hmm. and all that it comes with content creation. It's just, it's a whole, um, what's the word, (laughs) you know, rabbit hole of things. Absolutely. I mean, run down and then you learn on the way and, you know, that got me into design. And so I think, um, there, there are definitely benefits. I think, um, I like to say, you know, I just don't believe in Jack of all trades, master of none. I think that there's seasons for everything. And I think if you feel strongly about something, um, Mm -hmm. there will be a season of your life that you can dedicate, you know, and I do, I do hear you in, in kind of spreading yourself thin and, yeah. I think trying to focus on too many things at once, I mean, it's never going to be excellent. But I think, yeah. you know, having those seasons where you're like, I'm going to work and build this. Um, yeah. That's kind of where everything comes together. Yeah. And I think you, first and foremost, I, you know, the way you, you brought it up, I think is very much sure. And I believe that a lot of the learning, a lot of the growth that derives from investing so much energy and effort into something transcends the activity itself a lot of the growing comes from the i guess the interpersonal skills that you derive from something not just the technicality associated to singing it's the networking that goes behind it it's the it's the effort the discipline that you develop mm-hmm. uh the synergy that you're able to establish between two activities that really can make a difference long term mm-hmm. um and I want to I want to challenge you a little bit here, though. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who, like you, is um, involved in a lot of activities. He is specifically a very strong athlete in two different disciplines. He grew up skiing and also grew up playing rugby. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
today, not only does he play rugby professionally in Italy, he's not in the highest leagues, but he nonetheless gets paid for it um, and gets knocked down quite a bit given the nature of the sport. Um, but So he plays rugby at a competitive level and he also skis very well. He's an instructor in one of the strongest ski teams in Italy. So the other day we were having a conversation and I asked him, do you think that if you had said no to one of the two sports, you could have become someone a lot more important in that sport? What if I told you, uh, Kiana, that maybe only spending time being a photographer um, or only spending time being a singer could have made you better at it? Um, I think it's hard to say. I think I don't know if I necessarily agree with that just because. Um, with singing, like, I think, I think it's just specific to like my situation, <laughs> if I'm being yeah. honest, um, just cause you can't teach that, you know, and, and mm -hmm. all of my experience, all the music I've listened to, all the jobs I've been able to do have really helped me. Like I'm a better singer today than I was two years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah no one really taught me that. I just like lived my life and, and had these opportunities come to me. Now, if you're talking about photography, I think, yeah, I think if I was yeah. focusing on that, I would have, um, and, and dedicated, you know, all my time to that. Uh, I think I would have grounds to, you know, maybe do that full time <laughs> and have that yeah. be my business and my full yeah. income. Um, so, I agree and disagree. I think it depends on what career it is. You know, I think with sports, it's all about the time that you put in. You have, you get to a certain point with your technique and like, you just have to mm -hmm. get stronger. Like you just have yeah. to get stronger and it's all about the hours. Like I remember playing tennis. I started pretty late. Like I start all yeah. these kids, you know, they start when they're four or five years old, even younger than that. Mm -hmm. And I came into the game, <laughs> no pun mm -hmm. intended, you know, at 12. <laughs> And I just didn't have the amount of hours that these kids had on the court. And so yeah. I was always playing catch up. I think yeah. that's very specific to sports. Um, yeah. So I, de I definitely hear that. I think, um, I think it goes both ways, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, I can also make a different argument, which goes the other way, which is imagine those people that are solely focused on one thing oftentimes, and I've noticed it on myself throughout, you know, and just to quote your words in some seasons of my life, but I've also noticed it in other people that I know, fo focusing too much on something and saying no to the rest mm. kind of takes away the life out of the one thing that you're focusing on. Because on one hand, you could think that there's not as many things that you can, I guess, rely on should the first not go as according to plan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, a lot of the, I think the productivity and a lot of the excitement that's associated to something also comes from, um, I guess, moving away from it for some time, you know, taking a breath of fresh air by just doing something else. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, going back to something that we mentioned at the beginning, a lot of it just comes down to that equilibrium game of being able to advance more things whilst at the same time being conscious of the time and effort that it takes to really elevate your game in that one thing. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think about, you know, some people that I know that do one thing and they do it so well. 
Um, yeah. If that were to be taken away, they'd have nothing left yeah. um, because they yeah. dedicated, you know, all of their time to this one thing, which I think is beautiful. And I think in, in our lives at some yeah. point or another, we do that because that's how you become excellent at something is putting in the hard hours and the work. Um, yeah. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, you can kind of like do a few things and spend, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there and still be successful. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think sometimes Absolutely. it's a matter of redefining what success looks like to, to you personally. Mm -hmm. Like I think um, that's where um, everything else comes in. It's like, okay, what, what are your goals? Like what does success look like? And maybe that changes over time and that's okay. Maybe it doesn't look like yeah. what you thought you wanted, but you're growing and you know, we're, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 17 um and then yeah. you know you realize oh i have to pay my rent oh i i need to help my family or you know whatever the situation yeah. is i think things evolve and change and that doesn't mean that it has to be disappointing no no what's required though is for you to evolve and change accordingly too mm -hmm. um so you mentioned and i agree with you that 20 minutes here 20 minutes there probably will not make you uh, who you want to be, depending obviously on what you're trying to achieve. But um, how do you personally make sure that everything that you're passionate about and everything that has potential of turning into something that you would like it to be moves forward? Yeah, um, I think, and I'm, I'll say it a million times, <laughs> that there are just yeah. seasons for everything. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, I do a lot of session singing, um, and that means singing for different movies, for different artists, for different shows. Um, and that world um, is very much unpredictable. Um, you know, there's a very small amount of session singers in Los Angeles. Um, mm -hmm. And either you get called for something or you don't. If you're a good fit, they'll call you. And if you're not, you know, they'll the phone is not going to ring. Yeah. And so that's not something that I've ever relied on. It's just been a blessing. And I'm always yeah. so excited when I get to do that. Um, and yeah. so with that, it's kind of, like I said, unpredictable. Now with my artist project, that's something that, you know, I go into it because I just love, I've always mm -hmm. loved music. I've always wanted, to, I mean, I've been an artist for a long time. I think, um, What's changed for me now is that I'm just doing it. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not singing, whether that be in my car, at my house. Like, that's how much I love it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of it is probably at your house yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> all of it. Unless I take a drive yeah. somewhere. <laughs> um, but that is correct. Like, that, and I think that that's very, if, if, if you love something, like, you know, you're going to be doing it as much as you can. And so for me, I'd have, I had to let go of, you know, oh, what if people don't hear my music or, you know, really being mm -hmm. hyper-focused on, you know, the, um, the plays that it gets or whatever. Uh, but yeah. as long as I'm putting out something that I'm proud of and I believe mm -hmm. in, um, that is enough for me. And of course I'll have moments where I'm like, oh, I wish, you know, gets more plays or blah, blah, blah. But I do believe in it. And so I think the success will come as long as I am consistent. Um, and yeah. so that's what's changed for me. It's like, yes, do I have those big dreams? 
of a Grammy one day and, you know, things like that. I think that's important to have, but at the end of the day, like I love it and I'm proud of it. And that's really what matters. Otherwise, you know, you'll get bogged down by fear, by comparison, by all these other things um, that at the end of the day don't matter, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I think that's that's a really great way of looking at it. And you kind of answered my next question, which was how much do you think that money and kind of like the responsibilities that I associate with an activity takes away from, um, I guess, the true authenticity and passion that you originally had for that activity? I guess if you, you kind of answered it, but if we were to generalize this to people, how much do you think that money really takes away from doing what you do? Because yeah. obviously things that do start as hobbies can, for some people, turn into, you know, side gigs, side hustles, which potentially can become main mm-hmm. hustles. Is that, is that a recipe for destruction of the, the love that you had at the beginning? Right. I think it's pretty loaded. I think passion, if you're really passionate about something, it does exceed the money. But I think in my situation, mm-hmm. it's a little different. I think. Um, I do, like, I have this full-time job, I'm mm-hmm. blessed to be able to work three days remote, you know, before all this, yeah. I'm full-time remote right now, but um, <laughs> I'm able to work remote, and that allows a lot of flexibility in my day. Um, yeah. I do have that consistent paycheck, which I love, I won't lie, um, yeah. and then I'm also able to fund the things that I am passionate about, and that I want to one day, you know, probably be my full-time gig and, and have my own business and, you know, be able to, to make those choices and not worry about it. So I think, um, if I was relying on one thing, um, that was my passion, it'd be a different story. Um, I think, you know, with the whole singing professionally thing, I've been doing that since I was very, very young. So, um, it's just different than someone getting into the game now. Um, I think, like I said before, to just offer perspective, you know, I'm releasing music because I love it. And I think once you start doing it, for, not for approval, but for yourself, um, that is success in and of itself. Um, but yeah. I, money does complicate things. I know people that have had to, you know, make choices and say yes and say no to things because they need the money or um, it's just, you know, a building block to where they need to be. Um, but yeah. it is when, when you're choosing to really move forward with your passion, you are um, letting other things die. It's just that's the way that world the world works. It's opportunity cost, you know. And so, I yeah. think um, it's beautiful, um, and it's. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people quit in the middle. They quit when it's really mm-hmm. hard because no one likes to talk about the fact that it's really hard. Um, yeah, nothing ever comes easy. Even if you're inherently talented, um, building something is always going to be hard. And um, I think. With my upbringing, um, you know, the world is yours and you go to college and you do the thing and then no one really tells you that it's going to be really hard (laughs) Um, because everyone's telling you you're so successful. You, you know, made it to college, you graduated, you have a degree and that's 
don't get me wrong phenomenal <laughs> it really is yep. because um it's not easy it's not easy to get into college it's not easy to finish college um but it's even harder mm-hmm. when you're in the real world fending for yourself and trying to balance what you love what your passions are with making money with you know it's 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 hard yeah. Yeah. um and obviously so i think what makes it even harder is that people then also lose track of what they've accomplished up until that point. Cause uh, yes, the world could be yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta go get mm-hmm. it. Um, the moment you leave um, graduation, uh, as soon as that excitement for being done and no longer have to take finals, et cetera, um, is gone. You come to terms with, I guess having to start in a world that you don't really know too much mm-hmm. about, but at the same time, I think you should always seek some level of comfort in knowing that uh, you had no clue what college was the day you stepped in, 100%. Uh, but you still were able to figure it mm-hmm. out. And the same thing happens in high school and the same thing happens in middle school, so on and so forth. Um, I do believe that and you, I, you mentioned opportunity costs and there's so much that we could say about opportunity <laughs> yeah. costs. I, one of the reasons, one, I know one of, one of the reasons why I first brought it up at the beginning of this episode is, you know, there's a certain level of propensity to risk that someone needs to have mm-hmm. in order to accept that some things will, um, you know, you just cannot take advantage of them and you need to make some sort of compromise, but there's also a think a level of uh, enablement that the environment you're in has to give you. Imagine, um, let me give you, for example, uh, this, let me, let me highlight this mm-hmm. for you. Uh, two of the most famous Italian golf players um, decided the moment they became pros to put their golf career on hold and go back to university, they finished their degrees, and then they started golfing again. They have made millions and millions and became one of the two, especially two brothers, actually. One of the two has become one of the top golf players of the recent generations. But they still had something to fall back on. That's not something that everyone can say. Imagine a sport where you can only play for a couple of years say for example basketball mm-hmm. and obviously there's a bunch of players that are now playing for longer and longer but you might not be in a position to make that decision put your basketball career on hold go back study and then get mm-hmm. started um, and that's something that you need to be comfortable with going into a sport knowing that you might get injured no longer be in a position to play that sport but also not have something to then uh, jump mm-hmm. on without going through just as much hardship. Um, but, uh, you know, so it, it, it's, it's a tough yeah, I think There's um, so many. Variables. Yeah. I think the timing of everything is key. I think, um, like you said, with opportunity costs, um, let's say, you know, you take that risk and fail. I don't think that that's ever mm-hmm. wasted, even if it feels like the end of the world. Um, that's just my perspective on it. Nothing like I look at my life and, you know, um, looking back is always hindsight is 2020, you know, but, um, if I were given the things that I thought I wanted, it would have broken me, um, at certain times in my life. So I think even if it doesn't look like you thought it was going to look, um, 
you learn things along the way. And it's so cliche, but it really is true. Um, it really is. <laughs> At least I can yeah. attest to that in my own life. Um, I think people, you know, take those risks sometimes. And um, I think for me, just because of who I am, um, I would always want something to fall back on, but not everybody operates like that. You know, some people are okay with um, really digging deep and, and getting it done, even if it's a struggle. And I mean, not to say that I'm not like that, but I think um, because I like the structure of my life, um, it just, everyone's different. And so if, if they hadn't gotten the business degree, you know, I'm sure that they would have figured it out. It just would have looked so different. Yeah. And that's okay, you know, and not to say that they wouldn't have necessarily achieved the same level of success. It just would have looked obviously really different. So really, yeah, yeah. but I'm also sure. So a lot of this propensity uh, towards risk does come from the way you were raised, but a lot of it also comes down to the mm -hmm. age. Um, there's so many people that. Uh, you know, would be willing to just go all in without really looking back. And they would, they might not go through the same kind of thought process the moment they're a little bit older and potentially a little bit wiser. So uh, I don't think there is one method that beats mm -hmm. the other. Um, what I'm interested to know from you, Kiana, is when do you know uh, that it is time to pull the plug on something? Pull the plug. Um... What I've been learning lately um, is that it's it's okay to start over. I mm -hmm. think we do that. I think I think the way that um, I was raised, it was maybe embarrassing to admit defeat or to start something new. Um, and I think mm -hmm. for me now, I'm like, that's not true. I think you can start over at any time. You can start a crazy project. At, you know, at quote unquote too old, I think there's always time to learn something new. Like for me now, um, I'm going to be yeah. learning how to vocal produce. And I know that it's going to take a lot of my time and I might not be great yeah. at it because at the beginning, because no one's great at something when they just start. Um, but if, if it's no longer serving you and, um, it makes sense to stop for your own, you know, well-being, um, then I understand that, but it doesn't mean that you can't mm -hmm. start over. Um, and maybe with yeah. a little bit more wisdom this time, you know, um, to move forward yeah. with something. Yeah. But um, I think there's always fear of what other people are going to think or, you know, what they're going to say, but it really doesn't matter. And it's easy to say, and way harder to yeah. live out, <laughs> yeah. especially with social media. Something, <laughs> but exactly, and you know what? Something I've been, I guess, questioning quite a bit, and I'm pretty sure that you've you've gone through some of the same thought processes. Um, because of social media, there are so many things that when you first started studying, when you first had those conversations in high school with your parents, trying to figure out what you were going to do with your life, so many jobs that didn't exist mm -hmm. at the time. So now, when I uh, catch myself thinking of pivoting and changing my journey into direction of a job, 
that has nothing to do with what I've studied. Uh, I guess all the extracurriculars that I did, all the conversations that I had, etc. I started feeling some sort of sense of guilt that all those efforts, all the money that was invested was for nothing. Mm -hmm. Have you, do you ever go through some, this kind of thought process? I definitely understand that. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I studied business administration, um, but I'm not yeah. really doing anything. I mean, I'm working in business and I learned very valuable mm -hmm. things from it, but my direct application yeah. daily is not what I learned in school. It's something that like I was always good at, um, and learned along the way with internships and just trial and error and, um, living my life. And so I think I definitely understand it feels it can feel like it's a waste, but I don't think anything's ever mm -hmm. wasted. Like I said before, I think, you know, I learned so many valuable things um, yeah. along the way, even in just as simply as <laughs> knowing how to send an email. Um, <laughs> truly, though, knowing the verbiage or yeah. just knowing how to approach certain things in business. Um, yeah in in music in photography just learning it along the way so i don't know if i necessarily um you know relate completely because i just have that mm -hmm. different um yeah. way of looking at it of of but it can feel mm -hmm. like that 100 percent. i can totally feel like that and yeah. i know a and lot of people that you know study uh, mm -hmm. what psychology and then end up doing something completely different than and it didn't really yeah. it has no direct yeah. application but they did learn yeah. certain skills and and you carry you get to carry that with you so it's not all lost yeah no, i i i agree and whenever i catch myself going through those kind of like mm -hmm. depressing phases probably induced by quarantine i i also uh, very rapidly mm -hmm. snap out of it because i then really start thinking of what kind of value I associated with the high school I went to, the college I went to, the internships I did. Was it just a matter of learning the formula to calculate the break-even point? Or did it also come down to learning how to work in teams, learning how to meet deadlines, learning how to give a presentation under pressure, so on and so forth. And those are all qualities that add on to my mm -hmm. personality. and yeah. My ability to work in different environments. Um, so I guess that's one thing. I'm assuming it could be a little bit harder for someone that studied something very specific, likely very mm -hmm. technical, and ends up not really applying that knowledge to something. Think about this. TikTok. Okay. <laughs> TikTok is, I guess, the new, potentially the new Instagram or the new Vine. Um, a lot of people that were in Vine jumped on Instagram, then they jumped on YouTube. Now they're on TikTok. And you know how the it goes on and on. There's going to be another software in two years, etc. Imagine becoming an overnight celebrity, making tons of money off of TikTok, which has nothing to do with anything that you're probably doing in your mm -hmm. day job. Okay. Um, even though that success might make you doubt the value of everything that you did up until then 
it will probably be all the qualities that you picked up along the journey before that TikTok overnight success that will allow you to make your TikTok career sustainable or that will allow you to build mm -hmm. a brand that comes from the success that you've had with TikTok. And TikTok is just an example. Yeah, it allows you to build a platform for people to care about whatever exactly. you want to build. And I think that that's super exactly. um, helpful. I mean, if that, I know, even if you look at someone like David Dobrik, you know, he makes a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, with his YouTube videos and everything else that he does, but he's really been able to build a brand with that um, yeah. quote unquote level of success or just people caring about or watching what he does. And so I totally hear you. I think when that happens, that overnight kind of thing, it, it's such a huge opportunity to build something, you know, and when people don't, then that's yeah. when they, you know, they make all this money and they spend it and then they have no real teeth in anything and and that's where the problem comes in for them but yeah i mean the some of the people that get i guess lose their money the fastest are those who also make it very rapidly which are the people that normally mm -hmm. win the lottery uh, and that's because they've never really gone through a process never really gone through a journey that allowed them to give mm -hmm. value uh, the output the results of their efforts yeah and be able to manage um, it you know I mean, that's a whole uh, nother ball it's, game managing your money you could i mean you could all you could also say like once you have that much money you don't even have to worry about managing you just hire someone to do it uh but <laughs> that's a completely different yeah. conversation <laughs> um, yeah. how how much of the things that you do maybe not now but when you first started were a consequence of some sort of fear of missing out um in terms of pursuing music in these different avenues or what do you mean yeah it could be for example i mean i know you so you 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 were very you still are obviously you're very passionate mm -hmm. about singing but i'm also i also assume that when you first started singing there was some sort of path that you thought was right for you but then you kind of forced yourself into singing in other situations just because like you kind of saw other people maybe having success from it. And so you just were afraid that you were slamming doors in your face by not going down that way too. Did you yeah, ever feel I that think, way? Um, I definitely felt that way. I felt like I wasn't doing enough or that I needed to do this or I needed to strive and X, Y, Z. Um, and at the risk of sounding cliche, I think what's meant for you will always come to you. And I think, comparing like I think the fear is always rooted in comparison and so mm -hmm. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't compare myself to other people um because I definitely have moments where <laughs> that's a thing <laughs> um but I think yeah recognizing now for myself that that's never going to be productive for anything because everyone has such a different yeah. life path and experience and journey. And so, you know, I can sit here all yeah. day and compare myself to, you know, the friends that I have that are really um, doing that full time, but that's not fair because they're not me and they don't have a passion for photography or design or creative strategy or, you know, all these other things. They're focused on one thing and maybe multiple things. Um, but I think, uh, I think, 
that striving is not to say not work, don't work hard, but I think the striving and the fear that never for me personally comes from a good place. Um, and so it's a matter of sitting back and not holding things too tightly, working hard and, and trusting and knowing that, um, that season will come and I have confidence that it will. Um, but it just, I think there were definitely times, especially when I first graduated from college where I was like really bummed, like really bummed that I wasn't doing, you know, what I loved really, truly loved. Um, but I think it took some time for me to kind of get over fear of what other people are going to think, especially other singers, especially other people in music, because I cared too much about what they would think. But let's be honest, like there are a lot of artists that aren't very good and people love them. So everybody has different tastes and, you know, you might think your taste is correct. Like if anyone has a different opinion, they're wrong. (laughs) But that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But um, there's room at the table for yeah. everyone. And I, I love that like saying because um, it really is true. Um, just because yeah. someone's doing yeah. something similar to you, like they're not you. <laughs> and there's room at the table for you. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's room at the table. And I think there's more and more room for more people now. If we just look at, I guess, the way advertisement and you probably know a lot more about this than i do but the way the you know the initial influencers operator are somewhat different from a lot of these micro influencers which are now coming up which have much Mm -hmm. higher conversion rates so their much smaller following is actually a lot more interested in the authenticity that lies behind them and they're also more willing to invest in what is promoted as opposed to you know when i guess at the beginning of the 2000s maybe 2010s you still had paris hilton kim kardashian you had a soldier boy <laughs> he had a soldier yes, boy throwback thursday <laughs> that you know were f- some of those first really and then obviously the kardashians are somewhat of a different story because the whole family then was able to develop an empire but a lot of those like pushed everything and anything onto the onto their fan base it's not something that is sustainable uh, as much at least now um i don't know if you know this but there was uh, i believe his name is ari uh with the two eyes there was this uh influencer 2.6 million followers a couple of years ago that conducted this experiment he tried selling 36 of his Mm -hmm. own shirts okay and with 2.6 million followers, he was not able to wow. sell all of them. And that's why you have, I guess, methods such as Patreon that are now becoming more and more successful because it removes that third party that forces, I guess, an influencer into mm-hmm. promoting something that the influencer right. has no interest in. Whilst Patreon and other things like that allow to create some sort of cycle between the creator and the fan base where both are interested in each other's I guess growth yeah. and yeah. happiness yeah I think the influencer world is is very different now than it used to be obviously I think mm-hmm. if I look at you know yeah. if I think about who I follow personally um, there are people I just think mm-hmm. have great taste and I know that they're being yeah 
a hundred percent authentic. Maybe it's because they don't do it full time and they just love it. And so they're pushing products that they love and only saying yes to the things that are consistent with their brand. And then I follow these people that, you know, it's not for their taste. It's just, and you know, I see the hashtag ad and I'm like, Oh, they, they, they're hustling. They're trying to get that money (laughs) because they don't actually like this product. I know it. Um, so I think it, 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 it's, the scope of that world is so different now than it used to be. Um, And it's, it's harder now too, I think um, with algorithm and just different factors um, where people are looking to, you know, maybe TikTok or a younger audience is looking at TikTok instead of Instagram and just things are moving and shifting. And even after this, uh, this time in the world, um, we're living through, you know, a moment in history where the face of a lot of things I think are going to shift. So it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is an interesting time. Uh, no matter how we, uh, obviously we're going to come out of it. Um, lots of things are going to be different uh, in the business world. There's going to be new business model. There's going to be companies that were not thriving before mm-hmm. that will thrive. Uh, whilst there's going to be companies that were, you know, in a really good place that might not see the light of day. Uh, obviously, you know, you know, all the best to those companies. But what's very important just to wrap everything up, Yana, I think is understanding the importance of, um, I guess, being yes involved in a lot of things because that does increase your resilience. I mean, the power of difference of mm-hmm. diversification doesn't just apply to investing. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, it's very important to, uh, I guess, be passionate and be active in how you differentiate your activities and um, the things that you, you, you put your mind and heart yeah, towards. Yeah, and not getting too distracted by the breadth and, you know, the the different things that you're doing, but mm-hmm. knowing that there's, you know, a time and a season for everything, I think is, is key. Absolutely. Kiana, thank you so much for this conversation. It was a <laughs> thank blast. Thank you for having me. Um, no, thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, thank you everyone for your attention and uh, see you on the next episode of All Simply right, Conversing. Care.